Hello, this is Tennessee Bill, and welcome back to What We Saw, Tales from the Bigfoot Community. This episode is brought to you by Global Heritage Books and their latest release, A Dozen Strange Tales, by yours truly. A Dozen Strange Tales is 12 stories from the mind of me, William C. Unexplainable coincidences, strange sightings, misguided adventures, legends, and outright fibs are wrapped together in one entertaining collection. Set in multiple locations during various eras of time, these stories range from unbelievably impossible to completely true. In the spirit of Edgar Allan Poe and O. Henry, quickly paced plots curve through multiple layers and surprise you as they provoke a, could it be? This book deserves a place on your shelf for the times when you desire an adventure that challenges your expectations. These stories are a timeless blend of history, fantasy, and tall tales sure to entertain and amuse. Go to williamc.com or search Amazon for A Dozen Strange Tales. Episode 3, Jerry and Poir. Jerry followed Poir to the fly fishing festival in Bozeman. Jerry cringed at the sight of Poir boiling, peeling, and chopping the tongues for her tacos. Don't they look yummy? She said as she plopped a batch of boiled cow tongues on her chopping board. They kind of look like peckers. Poir looked Jerry in the eyes, then sent her butcher knife flying down onto one of the phallic tongues, sending the halves flying. Yikes, said Jerry. When the fly fishing competition concluded for the day, the sunburned fishers were hungry. Poire's hairy taco truck was near the daily check-in table, wafting out delicious smells. Poire wasn't wearing a bra under her tank top. She drew them in like flies. Jerry took their money while they ogled her when she leaned out of the service window to hand them their supper. Two days later, they were headed to Ohio. Jerry pulled his camper into one of the sites reserved for presenters. Who are you on with? asked Poir. Uh, Dr. Stewart and a DNA guy I haven't heard of. That's nice that Stewart requests that you be on the panel with him. Yeah, it helps. But I need something more. My same old story isn't any different from all the other clowns who've seen a squatch. It's confidence, Jerry. Confidence. Collect videos. Talk about DNA. Don't consider yourself any different from the others. Better, even. I don't know anything about DNA. Well, don't let that stop you. Even my old hippie dad is talking about it. He just sent his off to Ancestry.com and now knows who all our relatives are. Really? Where do the Cumberbushes come from? Turns out it was Cumberbatch. Like Benedict? Yep, he's probably a cousin or something. Well, when they were on Ellis Island, the clerk couldn't understand what great-grandpa Cumberbatch was saying and wrote Cumberbush instead. Do you know anything of your relatives? Where are the Millers from? I don't know. Miller's my adopted name, anyhow. I didn't know you were adopted. Yep. Do you know anything about your biological parents? Not much, other than my father was a college professor and my mother was a student. They had an affair and had me, but neither wanted custody. My Miller parents took me home from the hospital. Well, if you spit in the vial and send it off to Ancestry.com, you'd probably find out who they are if you ever wanted to. I've thought about it, but I'm not sure I want to know. 
Jerry carried his books into the conference hall where he'd be speaking. There were other presenters setting up as well. Dr. Stewart hadn't arrived yet. The table next to Jerry's was already full of books and DVDs and manned by a slender gray-haired fellow who carried himself like a game show host. The man's hair was precisely parted and he wore the clothes of a safari guide. Hello there, I'm George Davis, host of The Mysterious Beast. I'm Jerry Miller. It's pleased to meet you. So you're a filmmaker? Indeed I am. I've been thinking about making a documentary. Well, go for it, kid. It's a blast. Jerry admired George's bravado. So you filmed some squatches? No, not yet, but we're getting close. We go out and try to capture footage of where one was seen. The audience loves it. He spoke with the confidence Poir suggested confidence. That's all this guy has, Jerry thought. He's never filmed anything. But he has confidence. What a bullshitter. I need a camera, said Jerry. You're in luck then. I got a van full of them. I got a couple of good used ones I'd sell you cheap. They're good ones, you say? Cinematic. Well, I might have to check them out. As the hour approached for the speakers to begin, the crowd found seats in usual fashion. George Davis sat at the dais between Jerry and Dr. Stewart. Jerry was the first speaker as usual. He received his introduction, told his story, and answered the questions. The crowd was boisterous when George was introduced. He spoke with exaggerated gestures and displayed his toothy salesman smile. His shaky footage of himself running through trees chasing sounds didn't compare to the real things Dr. Stewart would be showing. However, George had star power. That evening, Parr was closing down the taco truck, and Jerry started up the fire pit. He sat in one of the two chairs and had a black square nylon zipper case in his lap. What have you got there? Parr asked. A camera. What are you going to do with it? Well, it's for the documentary documentary. Oh, I guess you were serious. Where did you get it? From George Davis, one of the speakers today. The guy from the Mysterious Beasts? Yep. Did you see his talk? Yeah, and he didn't have anything, just him running through the woods. What was he trying to accomplish? Well, some couple had seen one a few times, and they were setting up gifting stumps to see if it would come back. Ha, huh, a gifting stump. What did they leave on it? He didn't say. What should one leave on a gifting stump? Parr apparently had given this some thought. It has to be something she needs. Like what? Chapstick and wet wipes? Ha ha, maybe. I would put some sort of vegan candy bar and something shiny on it. What would you put on it? I'd probably put something on it that would arouse his curiosity. Like uh, a yo-yo, or some wax lips, or maybe a butt plug. Poir spewed Diet Dr. Pepper out of her nose. Jesus, Jerry, a butt plug? Like I said, something to arouse his curiosity. Jerry retrieved his new camera from the carrying case and tried to figure out where all the cords went. He flipped a switch, and the Panasonic X2000 came on. Jerry looked through the viewfinder at Poir. Using a fake Steve Irwin Australian accent, he said, 
Or I see you've decorated the gifting stump. This will definitely bring the elusive Sasquatch. Tell us what you have on the stump for him. Poir giggled and played along. Well, Jerry, we have some things the Big Feet will be crazy about. First, a candy bar. Also, we have a yo-yo, a butt plug, and some tampons. Well, if that doesn't bring them in, nothing will. Jerry continued to fidget with the camera while filming the laughing Poir. Her soft curves dazzled. Great, now you'll be one of those bullshitter documentary makers. Jerry focused the camera on her face and zoomed in. Poir, you say you were once Bigfoot's lover? She immediately went into character. With a melancholic expression, she said, Yes, he was just a regular guy with a hormone problem. Why won't you just leave him alone? She's a natural, Jerry thought. This has been Squatchin' with Poir Cumberbush. Poir bowed. After her performance, Poir went into the camper for the evening while Jerry continued to monkey with the camera. With the camera in hand, he walked the narrow paved road past the campers of the conference attendees. Looking through the viewfinder, he adjusted the ISO settings until the figures illuminated by the moon and firelight appeared vivid. A rusty old van was parked in a campsite, settled near a curve in the narrow road. Jerry focused the lens on the old van while zooming in and out. When he zoomed in, he noticed a bearded man with long, wispy hair sitting outside next to it. The man was looking back at him. Oh, hello, said Jerry. I was just experimenting with this camera. You gonna film a squatch with that thing? The old man's voice was shaky. I doubt it. Me too. I've heard your talk a couple times. Really? So you come to these festivals often? Oh, I come to a few. I want to hear if anyone's getting it right. What do you mean? Well, they talk about apes and footprints, but they don't know what the Sasquatch really is. So you've seen one? Ha! You bet I've seen one, and I know what he really is. Jerry walked closer to the man's camp. You care if I join you? Help yourself, said the man, pointing to a rickety wooden chair next to his fire. What's your name? Alfred Caspo, but folks call me Alfie. Where are you from, Alfie? From Carbondale, Illinois. Why do you say these folks aren't getting it right? Well, they're looking for a monkey man. He ain't no monkey man. The old man spoke on the edge of anger and smelled like urine. I've tried to tell folks what he really is, but they just say I'm crazy. His lips continued to form inaudible words even when he wasn't talking and flicked his fingers as if agitated. He looked as if he hadn't changed clothes since winter. Well, I'd like to hear what you saw. Well, I'll tell you. But you have to open your mind. I think I can do that. Alfie, do you mind if I experiment with this camera while you tell me? Hell, go ahead. I don't care. Jerry centered Alfie's fuzzy face against the moonlit horizon. Well, Mr. Caspo, 
Tell me where you were and what you saw. It was in 1994, and I was staying in a van like this one. In a field not far from Carbondale. No lights, no power, no nothing. Darker than a well digger's ass, I tell you. I was sitting out, kind of like we are now. First, I heard a noise, like a washing machine a-whining. I looked around and had no idea where it was coming from. Then it got louder, and it sounded like it was above me, but I couldn't see nothing. Then all of a sudden, boom! A bright light was everywhere. Not like a spotlight. It lit up the whole field like it was a blinding moon. It was so bright, it burned my eyes. All the while, the noise was getting louder. Then I saw it. As the noise got closer to the ground, a thing descended. It was as big as a house and shaped like an egg and shiny like it was made of silver. It came to a stop right on the ground. Then, on one side of this egg thing, the metal it was made of began to soften and then poured out onto the grass. It poured into a little ramp and then hardened back, leaving a hole in the side of the egg. Then... He came out. You saw a Sasquatch come out of this egg? That's what I saw. He walked out, started walking around the edge of the field. It was lit up by the lights of his ship. This lasted for a few minutes until he found what he was looking for, I reckon. I never saw what he was doing or if he collected anything. Maybe he just stopped to take a piss, hell if I know. But after a few minutes, he walked back towards the ship and walked up the ramp. The metal ramp then liquefied and was sucked back into the hole it made and sealed over like it would never been there. Then just like it came down, the noise started up and the ship rose straight up out of sight. Did you ever see it again? Nope. I've talked to others who've seen him come out of other types of ships, but they have a few different kinds, apparently. What did it look like? Well, tall and hairy, just like everybody describes. You could tell he was a Sasquatch, no doubt about it. Wow, Alfie, that's something. Well, that's what I saw. And now you know why they say I'm crazy. But as sure as I'm sitting here, that's what he did. And that's why no one finds him. He ain't no ape. He ain't of this world. Until folks get it out of their head that he's hiding in the woods somewhere, they ain't gonna find him. Alfie stopped talking, but his hands continued to gesture as if a story was continuing in his head. Jerry lowered the camera. Alfie, I really appreciate you telling me this. Maybe I could talk to you again sometime. Alfie waved his hand and nodded permissively, but suddenly seemed distracted by an unheard dialogue in his head. You take care. Jerry walked back to his camper, giddy with the video gold he had just captured. This'll blow Poir's mind. 
That night he lay under the sheet next to her. He watched YouTube videos on camera techniques. The next morning, Poire climbed down from the camper sleeper and saw Jerry's camera on the small table. You going to get this thing figured out? Jerry stirred. I'm getting better at it. But have I got something to show you? Jerry climbed down and flipped the screen on the side of the camera to reveal Alfie's weathered face. Watch this. This has been Episode 3 of What We Saw, Tales from the Bigfoot Community. Join us next time for more crazy Bigfoot tales. And remember to check out williamc.com for more works by yours truly. These episodes are presented by Global Heritage Books and Greenfly Productions. <laughs>